You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the second Sunday of Advent, December 6, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas.
Now, a little historical perspective might help. Ashley reminded us last week in her sermon that the context of the Isaiah readings was the Babylonian exile. The temple, the center of Jewish life, had been destroyed, and the people carried off from Jerusalem into exile in Babylon. Ashley painted a very poignant word picture of the faithful sitting in mourning amidst the ruins of the temple, filled with grief, hope seemingly gone. Yet the prophet, in the face of despair, proclaimed a word of hope and proclaimed a word of peace. Yes, God's judgment, God's accountability had been just. The rich and the powerful of Judah had ignored the cries of the poor, and many of the people had taken up religious practices which amounted to a rejection of the God of Israel. But in the midst of all the suffering that followed, God, the faithful God, relentlessly pursued the people, inviting them back into covenant relationship, reminding them where their true home was to be found. So even in the midst of suffering and despair, hope was present, because God was present. And now this morning, as we take up Mark's Gospel, we recall that it's written around uh, 70 CE, once again, 500 years later, after the Babylonian exile, another foreign power, this time the Romans, have destroyed the temple, which had been so painstakingly rebuilt. The little Christian community in Rome for whom this gospel is written is under the most intense persecution. And here it is, Mark tells us, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, fast forward a moment to the close of Mark's Gospel. Mark describes the reaction of the, the two women disciples who have just heard the angels' remarkably good news that Jesus has been raised, the tomb is empty. And what did they do? Mark tells us they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And how it's, that's how the Gospel ends. Terror and amazement in Now, this seems to be sort of a failure on the part of these two disciples, and it's really puzzled scholars down through the years. But you know, I think it was really Mark's way of inviting, no, actually demanding that the, the hearers and the readers of this story pick up where these disciples have left off. That, uh, you know, we become the ones to fulfill the messenger's command. The messenger had said to the, uh, to the two disciples, go and tell. So we're called to go and tell in, a, in the words that we speak and in the actions that we take in the, in, in the just acts that we do in the mercy that we offer to each other. Because up to this point, Mark's told us all the teaching and preaching and healing and ministry and death uh, and resurrection of Jesus, this is just the beginning and we are to carry it. Which means the Christmas story that we're getting ready to hear isn't the end of our Advent celebration. No, it's just the beginning. So it's in this sense that Mark's opening invites a new hearing of the story of Jesus so that we can move into another year participating in the ongoing work of God to love and bless the world. You know, Mark doesn't tell uh, a story of Jesus' actual beginning. You know, that's, that's 
Luke and Matthew have what's called the birth narrative. And of course, in the Gospel of John, we go all the way back to the beginning, when the Word becomes flesh, at the, at the beginning of time. Mark tells us about the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the beginning of God's redemptive work in Jesus, the beginning of the call to carry on and be vessels for God's work of love and blessing. That's where Mark begins his story. Now, in our tradition, the theme of this particular Sunday, the second Sunday in Advent, is peace. It's easier some years than others to imagine peace, isn't it? Some of us are just too fatigued by conflict and bitterness to believe that peace is even possible. But I want to offer another image. An image to sit with. An image to meditate over. An image to pray with. An image to carry with you as you go on your walk this afternoon and tomorrow and the next day. It's an image that comes from our psalm today, Psalm 85. This psalm was probably written as the Babylonian exile was coming to a close following the Babylonians' defeat at the hands of the Persian emperor Cyrus. Cyrus ordered that the Jewish exiles in Babylon should be allowed to return to Jerusalem and begin to uh, rebuild this massive project of rebuilding the temple. So Psalm 85 is a psalm that celebrates and describes salvation. Salvation, it turns out, doesn't simply involve human beings. Salvation, which of course, the, you've heard this many times, the root word for salvation, the Latin word solus, means health, healing, wholeness. And this health and healing and wholeness involves all creation. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the inequity, the iniquity of your people and pardoned all their sins. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, his glory may dwell in our life. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet, righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. I love in the arrangement of the psalm that Lacey did for us that that's the refrain. That's, that's the beautiful promise. That's God's beautiful uh, fourfold promise to all of us. Uh, not just you and me, men and women, uh, but, but all of creation. God's four, fourfold promises that steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness and peace will go before him, and will make a path for his steps. See, God's intention for the world uh, stretches both uh, between earth and heaven, and, uh, and all the way back. And it's all going on now. We are still at the beginning of the good news. And the good news doesn't include violence, and bitterness, and cynicism. No, it's in the meaning of love and faithfulness. It's when righteousness and peace kiss. When all these gifts come together, all that comes to pass in one person. The one whose Hebrew name is Yeshua. And Yeshua in Hebrew means, wait for it, salvation. 
Yeshua, Jesus, incarnated, made real those words of love, faithfulness, righteousness, and peace. When love and faithfulness meet in our lives, when an offer of peace and right relationship is how we come together, how we meet each other, in our business and in our professional lives, in our family life, and for God's sake, in our political lives. That's a sign that God's salvation is close by. We're all fatigued. I know it, you know it. So where do we look for Advent hope in the midst of our fatigue? Well, one place to look is in every gesture of love we can make. It doesn't matter how small, because every gesture we offer in love is how we participate in the work of God. It's how we participate in the beginning of the good news. So wear a mask, for God's sake, wear a mask. Buy from local small businesses and restaurants and support them and their employees. Make a gift to the Congregations for the Homeless or the Sophia Way or any other of our wonderful organizations that are supporting uh, those who have so little at this time of the year. That's out there. Uh, they're on the front lines. Give me your support. Or try calling or zooming with someone who's lonely. You know, those feel like small things. Those are easy things. But that's the point. We're not helpless. We don't have to be passive. We don't have to give in to the despair born of fatigue. You'll find new energy. You'll find new faith by offering these small gestures of love. You know, everything Mark said about Jesus, everything Mark said about Yeshua, was for this. To invite us into the ongoing story, that story that's still continuing so that we can do our part to continue it here in our time. Everything Mark told us about Yeshua starts with one word, begin. And now it's our turn. I want to conclude by sharing with you uh, something that I just ran across uh, yesterday from uh, Howard Kern. Howard Thurman was uh, a mentor, a teacher, a spiritual director of Dr. Martin Luther King. And he was a, a, a great poet and, and mystic. And uh, we, we, uh, too many of us have lost track of his work, but I'll tell you, it's very profound and it, and it, and it informed all the work that Dr. King did. So let, let me leave you with this. Ashley's going to put this up on the screen uh, right now. It's a, a beautiful Advent invitation. Dr. Thurman writes, Open unto me light for my darkness. Open unto me courage for my fear. Open unto me hope for my despair. Open unto me peace for my turmoil. Open unto me joy for my sorrow. Open unto me strength for my weakness. Open unto me wisdom for my confusion. Open unto me forgiveness for my sins. Open unto me love for my hate. 
For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.